Hey everybody, welcome to the Geeked Out Podcast. Uh, we're, uh, unfortunately we didn't do D&D this week, had a little bit of some conflicting issues come up, but we're going to give you some Resident Evil. I'm your host, Donovan, tonight, along with our new guy. Hey, that's me. Well, what's are you, your name, new what's guy? What's your name, Luke? I like the, oh, well, you, you buried the lead New right guy. There. that's me luke i'm happy to be here uh hey luke what's your experience with resident evil uh my experience with resident evil is uh varied i've played through and beaten one four five six seven and most of two but that was on a friend's playstation uh Played Nemesis and Outbreak and Code Veronica. Well, you've got me beat because I've played none. I only know the movies. But also, um, we also have with us Cole, who decided not to introduce himself. And we have one more. Hi, I'm Cody. All right. Well, so, yeah, uh, my video game knowledge is uh, very weak. So I'm excited to learn some tonight. Um, okay. Well, let's cover the bases then, just really quickly. Hey, Cody, what's your experience with Resident Evil? Oh, I actually have not played any of the Resident Evil games. I've seen playthroughs of the remakes, 7, 8, and a couple speedruns of the rest of the franchise. Okay. Nice. I I love speedruns in general. Oh, yeah, they're, they're quite impressive. We'll have to talk about that at some point. Yeah, I'm shy of... Luke, I haven't played Code Veronica, but I have beaten one, two, four, five, six, seven, eight remakes of two and three. And I'm assuming no one here has played Mastermind. Uh, no, I played Mastermind the for the remake of three. I played that. I've also seen the movies and including the cgi movies no i'm talking about the asymmetric game where one player plays as the antagonist and four players are playing as the people trying to get out yes oh you have that yes that was part of that was part of the remake of three oh right yeah that was the multiplayer and that's that was that was fun until it wasn't because they destroyed the meta by overbalancing things and then just making things of super fucking strong and then making other things super fucking weak and it would just constantly be a back and forth between the masterminds and the players which is going who's guaranteed to win this time let's take a look at the last update mastermind is guaranteed to win because we made regular zombies able to infinite stagger you <laughs> okay it was it was terribly balanced there was depending on the updates it would be one side wins the other side wins Luke, did, I, I'm sorry, I missed. Did you say that you played three, or did you play the remaster of three? He, I, three. I played the original. I've not actually played the remaster okay. uh, just yet. Okay, so someone has played the original three, and someone's played the remastered. Yes. Okay. Uh, from what I've been told about the remaster, um, the randomness of Nemesis... The big bad guy who follows you around throughout the course of the game is kind of taken away. It's a lot more scripted, as I understand it. Cole, is that right? 
Oh, 100 Yeah, yeah, I have to agree, yeah. yeah. He, he yeah. appears scripted. Okay. It, there are sections That's really where you, yeah, there are sections you know you are safe from him. I mean, so I guess the way to better way to say it is with the remake of RE2, there were similar positions where you knew that you were safe from Mr. X just because he wouldn't show up once you got used to the game. But in RE3, there's just sections where you know he's not going to show up because you just know he's not going to show up. So I have a question. Like, there's just like, yeah, okay. How come you didn't play the original three? Uh, I didn't have a PlayStation 1. None of the friends that I had that had PlayStations 1 had it, and I just never got to play it. Okay, that's right. To be fair, I mainly got to play it as a... I played it on PlayStation, but also uh, I think there was a re-release for the GameCube somewhere down the line. It was also on the Dreamcast, but at one of those growing up. Uh, I don't know. I think it was on the Dreamcast. I don't know about a GameCube release. I know 4 got released on the GameCube, though. Sure, that's where it. Uh, that's where it debuted. And I've heard nothing but good things about four. Is it, is it, is it, I remember very little because you know speed runs and all that. Yeah, four was a big shakeup of the formula. They developed it for years and years, doing the same fixed camera angle kind of approach. Uh, and like the other games, creating Devil May Cry by accident. They did. Devil May Cry was an offshoot. It was. Yeah. Uh, they kind of took a concept. <laughs> That they were working with and spawned that that <laughs> series. The uh, the way that they initially set up Resident Evil Four just kept getting further and further. I think just kept getting further and further away from like action horror, and they were just like, you know what? Just go all the way with it. Let's see what we get, and we got Devil May Cry. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's pretty funny. And Four ended up being a nice combination of. A little more adrenaline, sort of action-packed, but not enough to take it out of survival horror. It was still very comfortably uh, survival horror. They just changed kind of your mobility, made it um, instead of uh, a few enemies on the screen, um, you know, shambling zombies. You had uh, AI uh, could, opponents, could... the villagers who were more. Intelligent, they could kind of surround you, and you, you kind of had to. to they had the run range. Out a lot more. They could actually shoot back at you. They had ranged attacks. They had enemies that just could instantly kill you. They had a, a sort of mob mechanic that you really had to be careful of. Yeah, they they it added a lot to it that it, it need or Resident Evil needed to evolve. Unfortunately. We got Resident Evil 5 and 6 because of that. Right. Capcom took the message that action-oriented was where people wanted to go, and Resident and Evil me, 5 being the highest-grossing game didn't help that. No. I mean, well, no, it, it really didn't. But at the same time, I, well, Resident Evil 5 isn't a good game, solo player. It's... It's good multiplayer. Oh, sure, sure. I mean, you and I had a lot of fun with that. I think. Oh, absolutely. 
And then there's RE6, which was just bad in general. And I think the when we when you and I played it, the majority of the time we spent playing was just in a hallway when we figured out you could dive into your ally and make them stagger. And so the <laughs> Well, just became to see who could prevent the other person from getting up. We were really just messing with each other at that point. And uh, from my understanding, Resident Evil 8 kind of borrows a lot from Resident Evil 4. Is that correct? Uh, Yeah. You have more experience with that. So, yes. Um, At least in the first, first third of the game. Once you... Once you get past the first third of the game, it. I guess the beats of it are. The first third up through. Um, I, again, they're. I believe we said it, but again, just spoilers. Uh, once you beat the actual like first main section, it, or which is just good survival horror. Reminiscent of RE4, where it's got a decent amount of puzzles. Def- an amount of like space between enemy fights a good bit of backtracking to go and find places and it's just fantastic design all around it goes into actual just like amnesia levels horror which is another really well designed area and then it goes into a chase sequence and then it goes into I think the quote I told you Luke was system bioshock Followed yes. by yeah. uh, Mech Warrior fight, or just oh, Mech Warrior mixed with Mad Max, and then we take a dip into Call of Duty, like in Warfare. And then we just get the, <laughs> and it's then a we lot just, of genres. And then From we what I get, could, sorry. Yeah, and then we just get a small trip to the Antarctic, and then uh, the final boss. That's the that's the feel of the game, I guess. I, I can definitely play. see the, um, the bio slash system shock elements um, in that you're dropped in a, an obscure sort of you know very interesting setting. Um, there's item and resource management, and there's the survival survival horror aspect. But uh, the other genres you mentioned, I'm, oh, I, I, not I'm sure. Right. That that that's not even just like genre of the game. That's story beats and moods for each different section. Really? Yes. Yep. As someone who's seen the game from two other pe- from two playthroughs, it's kind of accurate. Yeah. No. It it really does just go nice survival horror to. Oh, this is actually just really good straight up horror to okay, this is a chase sequence to I didn't realize I was playing, you know, System Shock, Bioshock combined. Oh, uh, it's now Call of Duty like in Warfare. I'm at the final boss now. Okay. Yeah, it's it's more action packed a little, or at least it seems um way later in the line. Yeah, it it, it amps up the the tension kind of like Resident Evil 4 did no series at I'm least as gonna, far as like what's up? I, I, I'm gonna disagree well I'm, I guess go ahead and finish and I'll just 
I, well, I guess I'm just trying to, to take it back to Cody's question about how what it did it kind of parallel to, to Resident Evil. Or well, I guess what are your thoughts on that since I've not played the game you have? Uh, again, first third, Resident Evil 4, the rest of it is not. Um, I, see. I think while Resident Evil 4 took you into an industrial complex more towards the end, it still had the horror elements that you need for it. Like, it, it had the regenerators becoming a prominent enemy. It had moments where you still were in very close range and you could still easily get screwed over. I think one of, like, the uh, main points is when you're walking through, like, the actual military compound, you have the, uh, I think, the kitchenette area, right? Where it's got, like, the two tiers and you have either two chainsaw dudes or two, like, dudes in, like, spike armor with mallets chasing you down through that small area. Mm -hmm. And it can get pretty tense really quickly. Um, and while they're bullet sponges, they're not prominent enough to like screw you over or anything like that and you can still manage the rest of the level fairly easily if you play right I, I think they wanted to do that with the uh, Bioshock portion of Resident Evil 8 the only problem is instead of that slow amping up of going from the village to the castle to the military compound or to the industrial compound in Resident Evil 4 you, you really do just go from the first area where it's good and nice survival horror to a haunted mansion and then a lake where you're just chased around by the giant salamander from RE4. And then you just... Where, where there's no combat with any enemies at all, really. And we shall never mention the babby. I mean, the babby's in the haunted mansion. That's fine. I know. I know. I, I don't. I don't want to talk about it. It scared. It scarred me for life when I when that when I saw that thing. It was just like, no, oh, no, oh, please. I think. I I mean I get that, but at the same time, I never got caught by it, so I don't know what to say about it because I just kind of grew. The first time I saw it, I mean, yeah, I was like, what the fuck is that? I was As more like by the sounds it was making, just like, oh, this is like really creepy. I mean, I agree. So. Who was it that I'm was guessing watching? this is one of the um, uh, four big bads that are kind of introduced earlier on. Yeah, so there's a uh, there's a section where you're chased around by like a giant baby monster. Oh. And it's it's a fantastic like this is again this is the second area. It's it is a really good horror section. And I'm not saying that just because, you know, I'm, I mannequins terrify me, and I really just don't like that section because it's oh, a dollhouse. That's right. That's right. Um, it's just a really well-designed horror section, just in general. The problem is, is that that's the only section like that, and then it immediately goes into a not terrifying at all section where you're chased by a fish monster who at one point screams at you, I am the rest. And he has mama issues. And who has mom mother issues? Of course, of course. It takes a completely different tonal shift. And during these two sections, you really don't fight enemies. Like you have the okay. boss fights, and that's it. And again, the second area had a really good boss fight. I liked the boss fight. Third one, I didn't like it. 
I like the design. I wish I got to interact with it more, but like I think the third one I can best describe it to the uh, Salamander fight in RE4 for you. Right. Where that's actually a somewhat tense fight or t- or can be a tense fight because you see it before you actually have to fight it. Like you know it's there and you drive across the lake and it nothing happens. Uh, yeah, you can even um, yeah you you can take you a can couple hot shots at the lake and it'll come up and eat you off the dock if you mess yeah. around. None of that, like that tension from that area is gone. Oh, so like the tension where it has the points where you are on a boat throwing spears at it, mm-hmm. and then it dives under and you don't know where it is. None of that tension's there. Like if it's there, I've I've not seen it because it's it. This is just going to be blatant spoilers, I guess. At this point, it, it's just you're running across the platform, solving minor puzzles to get to the end. Yeah, it could be tensed. It it could, but it's not done because again, you're being chased by like a giant fish monster that's screaming about how it wants its mom to love it. And also how all of its attacks are completely scripted based around where you are. Yeah. Like, it's... it. The first time I, I tried to learn a pattern, tried to figure out a pattern, and the pattern was, what little area am I closest to? Oh, okay, that's where it's going to go. Just go ahead and trigger it, back off, and then run across. Then it even, yeah. has, it even has, like, a boulder segment, which is, like, kind of hilarious at the same time. Like where um, you're going across these like uh, these platforms that appear because you know he slapped down on the, on the water. Don't think about it. And then he comes and he's like, "Mama, watch me!" And you have to get up to the side or else he just beats you. Yeah, like there there is an actual like boulder rolling down the pass. Yeah, he will keep doing that as long as you are on that path. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. So it's, it's, it's like it'll, it's just I, I, context sensitive to where you are. Yeah, it's it's not a difficult thing to figure out. It's unfortunately, I just, it, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not afraid of the boss. I don't find it tense. I just feel sorry for him because I feel like it's some like abused child who just wants its mom to love it, and I just kind of want to like take it to like a nice house, and so it has a good family and a good environment to grow up in. <laughs> I don't. But instead, he kind of. Um... Yeah. <laughs> Instead, that doesn't happen. I just feel kind of bad about it. I'm just like, he didn't choose to be this. I feel like Resident Evil is kind of going in that direction as far as major encounters. Uh, they're kind of trying to unnerve you as well as scare you outright, you know, make you more uncomfortable. Uh, I saw some of that in um, Seven, although I didn't beat it. I, so I agree with that. Seven does it better. And even by far, yeah, by far, and even its final boss does it better. Like, unfortunately, the first th- again, the first third of eight is good. It's just it does not live up to seven. It does not live up to four. And the points where four slowly has that ramp up into the action where the again the industrial complex and it makes sense. This does not have that. Okay, so yeah, here's another thing. Based off the trailers, who is the big bad evil guy of Resident Evil 8? Like, just based off the trailers, who would you expect to be the big, the final bad guy? That's major spoilers. All I'm going to say is it's not the character you think. And unfortunately, 
Vampire mommy isn't gonna dom you the all the entire way. Oh, <laughs> we, how long, how far did we make it before we made a joke about vampire lady? Uh, fairly far actually. Yeah, that was, that was decent. <laughs> we made it a well, bit. From the trailers, I would I kept maybe okay. I saw the, the demo, so I heard about a character named Mother Miranda. I assumed yeah. that that was kind of the big villain. Is that not the case? Don't spoil it because I haven't. I, no, I only said trailers. I didn't say demos. So I will say okay. Mother well, Miranda. Just, just just confirmation. Mother Miranda is the big bad or big bad enemy guy. Okay. Uh, but if you caught my kind of thing of just how the story beats are, uh, mm, that kind of spoils about how much impact she leaves. From the trailers oh, alone, it's a lady dimitrescu if i'm not botching that yeah. no yeah she is, she is the best part of the game or By she, far. she is the oh. best part of the game second is heisenberg just because he he's just i guess the better way to say it is heisenberg the only way to reach heisenberg's full potential is for him to have been voiced by nicholas cage I was when I was hearing him that talk is. throughout the game. I was like, "Is this Nicholas Cage? This can't be Nicholas Cage." That is yeah. very strange. That is a very strange statement out of context. <laughs> like the the voice actor sounds like he's trying to do his best Nicholas Cage impression. He sounds I like he's paid to pretend to be Nicholas Cage, and it's amazing. <laughs> he's the he's the one with the kind of fedora, beaten up hat and glasses. Yes. Yeah. He's a great character. I, I really like him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he seems like a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and then there's Moreau, and the only reason I remember his name is because of the island of Moreau. And then I don't remember Puppet Lady. <sighs> I've seen Donna. a little bit about I Yeah, Donna. Donna something. Anyway. She's actually really pretty, but you just never yeah. see her. No, you don't. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and bring this back so Donovan can talk. And continuing, I guess, continuing down the line of just slowly progressing to get worse. Let's I, talk about the movies. Uh, so, right. my only question so far, before we just go straight movies, is I'm just curious. Because I feel bad that I haven't played any of the games. I I was about that too. I, I grew up essentially with just Pokemon Mario. Um yeah. I mean on the Nintendo sixty four I, I played the the Nintendo alternative to um Twisted Middle. Okay. Um, I'm sorry for your loss. Uh, but I did. But my, oh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember what that was called. But anyways, but so yeah, I I never got into the Resident Evil games. Um, but I did play, or not play, but I I have watched. I know for sure I've seen the first two of the five movies. Um, Six. and and can remember them well. I do believe I have seen three and four. I just don't remember them well enough. 
and I I own all five. I just haven't gotten around. Six. Six. Yeah, they're six. So, is there something after the final chapter, or is it before? No. It w- with the final chapter, it's six. It goes Resident Evil, Resident Evil Apocalypse, Resident Evil Extinction, Afterlife, Retribution, and oh, Afterlife. After. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I, you're, at, you're at, right. There's six. I... I Still, I stand by. I'm fairly certain I own all. I I own them all. Um, it's okay, Donovan. It, it's fine to have forgotten Afterlife because Afterlife <laughs> did nothing. Afterlife is probably the worst movie of the series. So only having been largely exposed to the movies. Uh, Donovan, you've seen the live action and the CG movies, is that right? Nah, only the the live action with uh, Mila Jovich. Okay. Uh, I would be really interested to know because there are some carryover characters. There are few, very few, but they're in there between the games and the movies. I'd be fascinated to see you go through the games and see those characters and, and compare them. Well, so that was my... That's my question. Okay. So, Afterlife... I, I have seen... I think I've seen Afterlife as well. I, I know I haven't seen Final Chapter. Um, is Afterlife... Maybe I haven't seen Retribution. Is Afterlife the one where she's flying in the airplane at the beginning... Like the, the uh, crop duster. That that's where they uh, make the assault on the umbrella headquarters in Tokyo. And so I guess look, before we get to that, just uh, who here has seen the uh, actual Resident Evil movies? Uh, I have not. <laughs> I've seen a okay. few. Like I said, I I know the yeah. first and second one well. The 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 ones that. I, I have seen, I've only seen once, and I, since we kind of threw this one together, I wanted to watch them all before this, because I thoroughly enjoy them. Um, my question was, is, is the crossover, I mean, in the first Resident Evil, is there even really a, a bad guy in the first Resident Evil? Uh, so the bad guy in the first Resident Evil movie is um, the other agent. It's um, but I mean, there's no like. It's not Matt. It's um, uh, it, it's I don't remember his name. It's the other agent inside uh, the mansion with Alice. Isn't it Matt? No, Matt. So Matt's the environmentalist whose sister worked in Umbrella. Is it and one becomes or Is it hard for you to plot to these people? No. So the first plot is entirely just Mila Jovovich wakes up in a mansion with no memory as Umbrella security breaches the mansion and just screams at her for a bit before throwing her on a train and then taking her to the hive. And so, in the hive, they have the umbrella thing. 
they find the T virus. She gets her memory back. Remembers that there's a cure, so they can go save um, Michelle Rodriguez. They don't save Michelle Rodriguez. The other agent in the mansion, who was supposed to be Mila Jovovich's husband, or as a cover, uh, tries to sell the T virus for money and ultimately causes the full outbreak. Right. He becomes a zombie and gets killed. A liquor fucks a bunch of people up. Michelle Rodriguez becomes a zombie, and then Matt becomes Nemesis in Part Two, Apocalypse. Okay, so so there is okay. I I just couldn't remember. I know the majority of the first movie, they were just essentially it was a maze, and everybody was essentially dying to the maze. Yeah, I mean, there so there was wasn't a... any. I, I don't want to say zombies, but that's the best way that I could describe having not played the game. No, they they are basically zombies. Yeah, they are zombies. <clears throat> um, Entirety Resident Evil has zombies. Yeah, and I, I will say they had a uh, really good security system that actually got copied from the first movie into RE4, and that's the laser grid. Right. Yes. And. Unlike, and I, and the better part of that is Leon actually actively does several of the moves from the movie to avoid dying in the laser grid. And unlike the uh, captain in the uh, movie, name I can't remember, and I, he's a good actor. I just cannot remember his name because um, the movie is so just so kind of background. That? Um, and the the second, it's in the first one. Who it's are, um. Who are we talking about? The uh, commander of the squad. Um. The, uh, is it Colin Salmon? Colin Salmon. It. I think that was him. Yes, Colin Sam or Salmon or Salmon. Hey, he's a really good actor. Yes. So he's in that. He's playing the entire thing, and Leon does several of his moves to avoid it. And when it gets to that laser grid where it's just like the really tiny squares, the only thing that saves Leon is just by like the power going out, if I remember correctly. Or it just uh, not being able to reach him. In the the movie? No, in four. Oh, in four, uh, he you just do a bunch of flips and avoid them. Oh, so wait, the, I could have sworn there was like a point where it's like this little like diamond cross formation. Yeah, you walk through it, basically. And then... I um, I felt like it died there. Like, it ran out of power or something, and that's the only reason you're able to get through. No, you walk through it, and they shift around to kind of stop you at different intervals. Okay, I think we're talking about different things, then. Um... Yeah, the the cast in the, the Resident Evil movies always surprises me, because the the second one had uh, Jared Harris, recently of Chernobyl fame. He's a fantastic British actor. Yeah. Um, Mike Epps. It had Ian Glenn uh, as Dr. Isaacs. He's a, a central yeah, villain. It. Yeah, and he he carries on from the second movie all the way until the last, I believe. Well, So he dies, he supposedly dies in the second movie, and then comes back and says, "That was my clone. I'm still alive." Yeah, that's my clone. Get introduced. <laughs> and I, what is it? I think the Red Queen is revealed to be Alice. 
but like a clone of her, which makes no it's sense. More than I remember, I saw these mainly at uh, at parties, but I they were a lot of fun to watch. Oh yeah, I forgot they also bring Nemesis back. Yes, <laughs> yeah, he's he's in the second one. Who plays him? Probably. The last one. Oh, they brought him back to the last one. Yeah, they brought him back. Because he was exclusive to the. No, never mind. Game? Never mind. Did they? No, they didn't. Never mind. I'm thinking of something else entirely. Never mind. Ignore that statement. <laughs> Nemesis does not come back for the last one. I lied. <laughs> so, so Donovan, what was the most recent one you you watched? Uh, it's been. Oh. I mean, at this point, it's been like you know ten years. Oh man! Like, okay. uh, yeah, I, I I haven't seen them in, in a while. I just yeah, same. um I know the the Mila Jovich. She's in all of them, um, mm -hmm. and I think she does great. But again, all I'm going is all I see is a a. I don't want to call it a B rated because I really don't feel that it's B. I mean, it isn't you know a blockbuster triple A. I, I guess when I think of B-rated, I'm thinking of, like, uh, what is it, Thanks Killing or whatever. <laughs> Happy Death Day sort of thing. Yeah, I, I'm thinking Predator. horrible, horrible movies. Okay, to me, well, I... to me, this is like a solid A-minus movie. I enjoyed it. it. But then again, I also enjoyed... The second Mortal Kombat movie. I thought it was just the right amount of cheesy. So, so I mean, I'm probably the worst person to gauge as far as movies. Because if it takes me away, I enjoy it. If I can shut my brain off and not think about, you know, stress going on in my life. And I can just sit there and I'm entertained for an hour and a half, I'm happy. Sure, sure. And I think the director or uh, the writer if I'm incorrect about that Paul W.S. Anderson uh, I believe he intended them to be kind of uh, you know B-movie-ish action flicks that were just kind of fun yeah. to watch now I, uh, I, 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 I mean yes but at the same time a big time. change because he did um, oh sorry Cole no, go ahead I was just saying uh it was a big change because before that, I believe his first R was Event Horizon, which was really good. Yes. I wouldn't really consider is. that B at all, but uh, no. he wanted to switch gears, I think. But sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, it. I mean, I, I feel like at a point, the movies just became a, uh, like a parody of themselves. Like the first one was actually pretty damn good, and all. <laughs> so, are you saying that the movies uh, kind of uh, are essentially like a Sharknado almost? I feel like that's what they slowly became. Because okay. I mean, Mortal, like him starting off. Because going back to I guess a previous episode, he did more, or he did more, or the original Mortal Kombat movie. So like, he he. 
Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I'm just wondering, I mean, is there any legitimacy that in the movies, I mean, is there any basis that is similar to the games in any way? Because, I mean, Mila Jovich, she's been through all six of the live-action movies. And apparently the reason why she stuck to them and kept going back and doing them, other than her paycheck, is because she also loves the games. Well, I was just going to say that she's married to the director. She... She's married to Paul, Paul W.S. Anderson. Yeah. Anderson. yeah. I figure that like might a, be a, a big part of that. It's kind of like an underworld situation with... Um, They're... Uh, oh, uh... Um, yes. Which also kind of suffered the same kind of treatment, where the first two were actually damn good. Oh, and yeah. then it went downhill really quick, or really quick and just kind of became a parody of themselves. And I feel like that really kind of happened the same with this, where it just... Yeah, again, it was... the, the first Resident Evil had the claustrophobia, it had, like, the feeling of just you could get overwhelmed really easily in this, and if they made it a game, it'd actually probably be a pretty good actual Resident Evil game. Like a, a movie two game. Yeah, I, I feel like if they just made it in Resident Evil, it'd be a good game. It'd have about the same story quality, same voice acting and acting quality. You already have the B dialogue for it from the actual movie, so just keep it that way, and you're right. pretty good. <laughs> so the original was, was pretty rough, but uh, still yeah. endearing. So, I, I mean, mean, do the movies... Because when you think of movies adapted from video games, yes, most people say... There hasn't really been a good movie that has done it. I slightly disagree, but I, with the Resident I Evil disagree entirely. But with the Resident Evil, I mean, I guess from what I've just heard from you guys talking about the games, one hundred percent, this was horrible. Nothing like it. So, I guess the better way to put that is. In the very broad sense of the plot, it's accurate. Okay. But Alice was never a character in the original Resident Evil. The original Resident Evil was the stars team, which was Wesker, Barry, Jill, and Chris. No one, None of them show up until the second. third movie. No, no, no. Second. Jill was in the second movie. Oh, yeah. Jill is in the second movie. And then she goes away. Yeah. And ultimately gets replaced by Claire. The point in the third uh, movie. The, the main point uh, to if if I had to describe the difference, the main difference between the movies and the games is that there are ultimately it doesn't design, get anything right. They're well, they're supposed to. The games are supposed to give you one very distinct feeling. The, the claustrophobia, the sort of clunkiness moving around, that specific feeling of survival horror. The movies are much more geared towards action entertainment with, you know, sort of schlocky horror elements. They're yeah. made okay. to yeah. make you feel differently. Yeah. Like, my understanding with the games, I, I don't know much other than a little bit... Um, that I've just seen just out of, you know, 
pulp culture is I feel like the games, they're essentially, they're almost dark soul-like where you're, you're stuck in a situation and you're just not meant to win. So, no. Mm, I, 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 wouldn't. No, I, I definitely would not say Dark Souls-like. If you're talking about Dark Souls-like, it's the feeling of you are up against impenetrable odds and you need to you need to get good to win. Uh, just I guess to I, I shouldn't say that it's fighting. the extreme of Dark Souls. I just am more of the the I, difficulty. Even, I guess it wouldn't even be as difficult as that. But let, right. let's 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 nix me bringing up the Dark Souls thing. But essentially, yeah, the games is it, you're meant to feel like like he. Uh, you said, like, the suffocation, like, you're being smothered, and there's a chance that you're just not going to get out and get through it. Yeah, no, I mean, in the original Resident Evil games, there's, there's, it's very easy to screw yourself over. Okay. There's, I've heard about the brutality of the original Resident Evil. There's, like, your saves are tied to ink ribbons, there's limited ammo, it's very easy to back yourself into a corner... There's the a original lot of one backtracking through areas. Yeah, the original one had uh, redheads. I think is what they were called, right? Uh, crimson heads. They crimson would be heads. zombies that if you didn't blow their heads off and you went back through that area again, they were twice as fast and twice as aggressive. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I mean, so it, the it was really geared towards resource management, um, feeling kind of confined in your movement and, and really trying to navigate this mansion of tricks and traps and zombies. That was really what it was going for. So not yeah. insurmountable, but definitely making you sweat. Yeah. It was meant to be tense the entire way through of going, I don't want to use this yet because I might need it later. An underdog story with uh, too good to use syndrome. No. Yeah. So I'm gonna bring go back to the first movie because that that movie is the one that I I've seen the most. Okay. And that one, um, like I said, it they're they're really you don't really encounter like the zombies or anything really in that movie. In the games, like, so... is there any game that is? I, I I know in the games there's still going to be the zombies in that in that. But is there any of that puzzle likeness and maze likeness that was like in the movie in any of the games? So the puzzles oh, I, in Resident Evil have been extremely convoluted. Like you go to this one area, get this random gem, go to a completely disconnected area, put that in a music box, solve a riddle in the music box, and then you get a key that goes to the door to a fence gate that was out on the outside. It's really convoluted. So. Yeah, the puzzles in Resident Evil can definitely be convoluted. They are not the worst puzzles. Um, none of that puzzle elements has made it to the films. Okay. Um, the survival horror hasn't made it to the films. The only film that actually got... Again, the only film that actually got any of it right was the, uh, was the first movie, where it is this slightly claustrophobic area where places in that in the actual film, look the same. Okay. Like this, um, 
kind of feeling an idea of you don't know where people are. Even as they continue, and even though they showed you maps and they they zoom in on the locations, you can look at it and just go, I don't, just by looking at it, I don't know where this is in comparison to where this other scene is taking place, even though I just saw a map. And I, I'm not making that sound as good as it is. Like, it, it doesn't hit the feeling where it needs to, but it hits it well enough. Everything else is just out there. Because then you, like, immediately in the next film in Apocalypse, you get fucking Joe Valentine walking into the police station, headshotting seven people and just going, shoot them in the fucking head and leaving. And then when we actually get an action scene with Alice, she's driving a motorcycle through a stained glass window to kill two liquors. And it does slow-mo on the bullets so that you can see the umbrella yep. sign on the back of them, which makes no On the back sense. of the bullet, yep. Now, that's how bullets work. That's, that's a thing you do for bullets. Now, I know you said we don't talk about Afterlife, but in Afterlife, there was that... that um, one person in there that had that massive like axe and hammer thing. Now, was that in any of the games? Five. Oh, the the um, executioner. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Afterlife came out in 2010. I think around the same time RE5 did. He is a. That's a, a mini boss of sorts in a. Yeah, in it came five. a year. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, uh, RE5 came out 2009, Afterlife 2010. So it's it's just meant to take part in that. And there's a lot that's ripped from 5. There's a, a fight sequence between um, Alice and her partner, I don't know if that's Chris, um, and Wesker in the movie that is directly from the game, like beat for beat. Uh, the choreography is exactly the same. I believe that's Afterlife. I don't know. Cole, do you know what I'm talking about? I I do. I think that's in there. He chucks the sunglasses towards one of them as a distraction. They catch him. Oh, and then that's... Okay, so that's not with, fight ensues. That, that's not actually with Chris. I think that that's at the... Um, I'm 90% certain that's at the very beginning of the movie. Oh, because, is it? Yeah, so uh, just a quick thing, just continuing down the line, because I don't really care about these movies, and I don't care about spoilers, so fuck it. In uh, <laughs> Extinction... I mean, I hate they, to say uh, it, I mean, the, the, the final chapter was released in 2016. It's 2021. It's five years. I mean, yeah. come on. Sure. So, um... I, I mean... Even I know that even I haven't seen the final movie yet, and I'm not worried about spoilers. It's my own damn fault. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. So I guess the best way to describe it is at the end of the first movie, uh, Alice and Matt are captured by Umbrella. Matt has been attacked and hit by the liquor, and he's infected with uh, an advanced form of the T-virus, I guess. But... Umbrella, instead of just directly taking care of the zombie threat, decides, let's go ahead and just experiment on these two assholes. And they turn Alice into a superhuman, and they turn Matt into Nemesis. 
and they pit them against each other to figure out which one's best. Oh, that's how they. And that was in that was the second one, or is that yep. or is this throughout the whole thing? No, that's that's an apocalypse. Okay, yeah. Uh, then at the end of Apocalypse, after Matt regains consciousness and helps Alice out, and then dies heroically, protecting Alice from an exploding helicopter. Uh, they they survive. They get out on a helicopter. Raccoon City gets nuked. Helicopter goes down. Alice is found by Umbrella and no one else's. And she gets pulled back and we get Program Alice. And she gains superpowers, including telepathy and telekinesis. And, and isn't, isn't like, the start of the third movie, like, her just, like, essentially, like, they're trying to recreate her, and she keeps running through the first movie over and over again. No, that, that, so no, I mean yes, but no. That's at the end. Uh, the second, third that movie is at the end. Two, okay. Yeah, at the third movie, the world has gone to shit, and it's a barren wasteland, and zombies have taken over, as all generic zombie apocalypses of the two thousand sevens. And I feel, I just, feel like that's that's a, like slight. Like hash at like Land of the Dead or Dawn of it the Dead. It was. Those it were was. so good, but that's for a different thing. Yeah, no, it, it was. Uh, and the end of that is she fights the up to that point big bad enemy guy who turns into a giant tentacle monster, as you do in Resident Evil. But she finds yeah. out, she ha- but she finds out she has a bunch of clones. So she wakes them up and she goes, "All right, let's go ahead and attack the Umbrella Basin." Tokyo, because that's where Wesker is. And then she goes and attacks it, and that's the start of the fourth movie. And then all the clones die, and Alice loses her superpowers, and they crash a plane, and that's in the first 30 minutes of the movie. How does one lose their superpowers? She gets injected with a serum. I'm literally reading from Wikipedia right yeah, now. It's like the, the, the serum that removes their superpower abilities. Yeah. That's it. There you go. It's but doesn't she end up like getting them back? Like the serum ended up not working, and she like reawakens it. Eventually, yeah. And then nothing really important or good happens in afterlife, except Chris shows up at some point along with Claire, and then other things happen and then they find out that a bunch of people got cloned from the first two movies because people are like oh we really like them because i think who was it carlos comes back from the after dying in the third movie leon scott or leon's just revealed to be working for wesker barry's in there for some reason ada wong's in there for some reason who the fuck knows and then they're gone for the final movie and shit just happens and then the only person they bring back for the final movie is just really Claire and Doctor Isaacs. They probably couldn't afford to pay all the 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 talent, but they're no name listeners. Well, <laughs> Ian Glenn had been in a lot, and at some point in there, he had started Game of Thrones. So it's hard to say. Yeah, I mean but, the only yeah. the only two. Uh, so the only three people from the fourth, fifth movie who are actually like big name listeners that I know of are Colin Salmon, Michelle Rodriguez, and 
Oded Fair. And Oded Fair played Carlos Oliveira. So you're going to just cut out Mila Jovovich? Besides Mila Jovovich. Okay, okay. I'm just saying, like, have you heard of Johan Erb or Kevin Durand or Ling Bing Bing? Hey, Kevin Durand is great. He also starred in... He was in in Wild Hogs, Wolverine, Origins. He was in The Strain, which was really good. uh, I think that's on Hulu. I haven't watched The Strain, but I've heard Wild Hogs and then X-Men Origins Wolverine, and those aren't good movies. I'm just saying. (laughs) He is a good actor, though. Take it from (laughs) me. I can't can't remember. Is Wolverine Origins, is that the one that, like, leaked, like, super freaking early on the internet with with, uh, Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hate that I saw that copy. I had a friend like, hey, I, I got this movie. Want to check it out? I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I've been wanting to see this. I saw it, and it was, you know, that end scene that was just absolutely horrible. I was like, I could never unsee this. I could never watch this movie right. This is forever burned in my head. It was, it was rough. And, and that is why I could never work in the movie industry doing movie edits, because I could never unsee that. My hat's off oh, to those okay. people. So I Kevin mean, Durant I was in like or worse. Uh, <laughs> I feel like there are worse movies that uh, people had to edit painstakingly than, than that one. No, I just mean in the sense of seeing how that looks and you're having to do the edit and make it look, you know, right for us, you know, normal populace. I could never unsee what I edited to make right. <laughs> I see okay. what you mean. Um, no. He was also no. in Big Mama's House too. I've never seen that. But I, I now remember Kevin Durand and I do agree, Luke. He was in uh, Dark Angel. Yes. He yeah. was in but Walking Tall. Oh, I didn't, didn't know that. He was Booth. That, huh? He was in The Butterfly Effect. He was Carlos. Okay. He was in uh, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. He was an assassin. Kevin Durant? Oh, oh yeah. I think I remember that. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> It He's was got a, a decent filmography. He's just not as. Well it was known. his second movie that he was credited for. Oh, he was in Mystery Alaska, Tree Lane. I saw something else that I knew. Okay. If well, you get the chance. He was in um, Smoking Aces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three oh, Ten okay. to Yuma. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, you know. 310 to Yuma, Smoking Aces, Wild Hogs. I mean, those that was 2007. Yuma was in really 2006. Good. I mean, he's uh, he's he, you know, he bumped up a pay grade. Oh, yeah. And the strain came out in 2017. And that was pretty recent. So, I mean, yeah, yeah he was a little more expensive than uh than probably the final chapter could afford. 
maybe. I mean, they've I had mean, a high, a couple of high tier actors here and there. I mean, they know maybe. people are going to go and watch the movies, or they did. You know, I thought that the final chapter was just straight to DVD. Oh, it was. I thought it was. Was it not? I the last one I saw, actually saw, was the one took place in the wasteland i think that was three or four i that don't know if it three. was direct that was extinct i don't know if it was direct to dvd um i got it i, I got it from our movie rental store i bought the digital copy of it uh box office the budget was 40 million so it it, it went to theaters Opening okay. weekend, it was thirteen point six million. U.S. gross was twenty six point eight. Worldwide gross three hundred and twelve point two million. So they made their money back. Sure. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they did. Um, I will also say. Just... I mean, that's international market. That's kind of rough. If they didn't make their money back alone in the U.S. market, that that's kind of. A, a I, I mean, at least the movie paid. It got paid for. Oh with sure, the forty million yeah, budget. So. I, I, I don't know. I still plan on watching it. I still plan on enjoying it, even if it's probably is horribly cheesy. Yeah. For sure. I'd like to I'd like to get some of your guys' opinions on the lesser known Resident Evil stuff. Um, I'm talking memorabilia and definitely the rail shooter games that came out for the Wii that were weren't terrible. But what do you guys think about those? I never is played that, the rail gate rail shooters. I is that watched, the the typing game? Oh no, no that's, that's typing that of the dead. Okay, <laughs> that's 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 a completely different story. Which is supposed to be a really fun game. Oh, oh yeah, no, it's super fun. I mean, what is it? Super campy. House of the Dead Overkill is the that best. The, the it's oh, it's so bad, but it tries to be so bad. It's, it's, it's active. I'm I'm sorry, but the ending of that game, mm-hmm. there's no way to take that game seriously. None, none at all. Uh, I will just say, Cody, you may want to cover your ears for us and mute it for a second, because I'm just going to go ahead and say what All it right. is. I'm going to go ahead and just... What? <laughs> yeah, I can't hear you. worried about spoilers? Headphones. No, no, he probably won't enjoy this. Headphones uh, like, uh, like uh, from old school. <laughs> ear must, kid. To, yeah, here's, here's another warning. Just If anyone doesn't want to listen to really like squeamish kind of things... Now's the time to oh, go ahead and just skip like thirty seconds ahead. Earmuffs, the... everyone earmuffs. Yep. Okay. The, the typing of the dead overkill, <laughs> like it ends with like the entire plot has been just this dude is trying to resurrect his mom because he's got mommy issues, and after turning into her, turning her into like a giant, or basically the mother brain from Metroid, but like a skyscraper size. After you kill her. He gets really upset and decides that he wants to go die, so he just climbs back into her vagina and uterus. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something else. That's that's the end of the game. That's where they leave him. 
So with that ending I, alone, thanks for reminding me of that. I totally forgot because I played that almost a decade ago. <laughs> right. So yeah, uh, yeah. That that's just the ending of the game. Uh, so that game is not meant to be taken seriously in the slightest. And it's it it's written that way. There's a part I think that um, there's a character who gets slapped dramatically and his glasses fly off and then in the next scene he's got them back on like it's supposed to be like cheap uh b-movie horror uh played up to 11 like very self-aware yes it is exceedingly self-aware which but it was also a rail shooter on the wii just like i think you had umbrella chronicles uh dark side chronicles is those were the Resident Evil so on there. Any of these rail shooters are any of them like similar to like the are any of them like an arcade cabinet like thing or any of the oh, ones yeah. that you were talking yeah. about that's like similar to like the the Terminator arcade cabinet. Yeah, no, they sure, they were... yeah, you can play them co-op. You've you know got uh, an ammo display on the, the screen. Yeah. And, yeah, and no, you they, shoot shoot to the side of the cabinet to reload, and you can get power ups to get different weapons. Nice. Yeah, no, they're those they're are done fun. Just like that. Now it's funny. Uh, one of them actually. Uh, I know in four, uh, one of the most enjoyable um, boss battles, Krauser. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's implied that he knows Leon beforehand uh, heavily. Heavily, heavily. He I mean, they reminisce about down. history together. So yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, it's it's been a long time, and of course, in the in the perspective of the games, no one knows who he is. It's a backstory that's never shown and or explained, and shouldn't be explained. Just leave it at what it is. Just leave it at that. But they do get into it in one of the rail shooter games. Ah, hmm. yeah. Oh, well. Which isn't terrible. Uh, they're they're fun for what they are. Um, they came out close to the same time, I think, that the Dead Space rail shooter game came out, which was actually really good. I forgot that existed. Extraction, yeah. It was actually... It got a lot of high praise. But, um, yeah, those were super obscure. Uh, one of them, I think you play as Wesker... And he's kind of actively trying to dismantle Umbrella after he gets his powers. And the other one just jumps back and forth between a bunch of people, if I remember right. Okay. But what about the uh, controllers and and game console, like, special editions? Did anyone shell out for, like, the Chainsaw controller for Resident Evil 4 or... um, the other stuff. I don't even know if that was a real thing. Maybe that was a joke. I think that was a joke. Um, but I did not. So, but, I, but I will say that memorabilia aside and all that, just on that same kind of thing of like the real shooters, did you, any of you play, I think this just might be for Luke, did you play Resident Evil Degeneration? Oh, That's a word. Remind yes. me what that was. So, degeneration. What? So yes, degeneration is an actual word, it's just kind of like a degradation, but kind of like I think a verb version of that word. I don't know. 
Uh, but the uh, came up. Wait a minute, wasn't that a movie? No. Well, yes. Because there is a movie. No. So yes, but no, because at the same time as the movie came out, or either just before or just after, in two thousand eight, they released it as a mobile game. Oh, I see it now. It's a phone game. Yes. <laughs> I don't have an iPhone, I, so that well, I answers think I, that. I think my favorite part about this is just is the movie. It, it's it's actually done like in the style of RE4, but on the iPhone. And the problem is, is that you can't get this game anymore. Was it fun? Like, was it? No, I remember. Uh, so my sister got an iPhone. And I remember playing on it and draining the battery several times on her phone, and she got upset with me. <laughs> nice. Uh, but no, you can't. As far as I can tell, you can't get this game anymore without like ripping it and getting like special software to like actually emulate it. Properly. Oh, it's got to be somewhere. You know, it's like PT. There's always going to be a version floating around. Not that it was as popular as that, but you know what I mean. PT. Yeah, that no, was I'm... the the PlayStation Four demo thing that was. Or the canned Silent Hill game. Yeah. Yeah. That was like really freaking awesome, was my understanding, and then just nothing yeah. came about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, oh, that yeah, was when Konami cut ties with. Oh, sorry, Cody. Yeah, and that was also the the demo where uh, people hacked it to go see outside. I mean, the the world outside the house was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was there was a big area that they rendered for the I know. Um, the trailer aspect of it. Huh. And we and we lost that because of Capcom and not Capcom yes, Konami, not Capcom Konami. <laughs> and we got the divisive. Uh, Silent Hill ping pong but, or uh, uh, pinball no, machine. Downpour. No, I, no, I was going to say as a result, instead of that, we got the device of um, Death Stranding. Device of it is, yes. And that was um, something. That was, code, my understanding. That was Kojima on his own. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, funny. No, I think I saw an article once. Um, so that was uh, still co- that was Kojima that that was Norman Reedus, Kojima, and um, uh, Guillermo del Toro. Toro. Yep. And they just decided to make their own game, and it's, I mean, personally, I'm on the fence of I I love that game. I <laughs> we shouldn't get too far into it because it's not Resident Evil, but it's you're right. It's definitely just, a topic hey, for we, we ended up on PT, so it has to be brought up. Hey, but, uh, you know what? Classic's not here. I'm I'm all game with going off topic. I am the okay. off topic king. That's fine. Well, I feel uh, that makes better flow. I but, agree. Uh, we haven't talked about Resident Evil Seven yet. I I've seen playthroughs, but I haven't played it. So I'm, and I believe you two have played it. So how about you tell yes. us about uh, yes. how it plays? So oh, man, you, you it takes I the graphical. I have. I think I have a vastly different experience from Luke because <laughs> I did so. I managed to play it in a way that. He probably didn't. I can't wait to hear well, this. I'm interested to hear that. I, I I was boring. I played the demo on PC. Um, 
Uh, played it sometime after that. I haven't played all the way through it, beaten it 100%, but uh, the graphical issues took some doing. That was earlier on. They probably patched it a couple times over now. But um, the... I mean, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Um, I think the voice acting was a little amateurish uh, in parts. It was kind of getting its footing, but um, as you know, a return to more survival horror roots and a shift to first-person perspective. I think it turned out well considering all the the changes they made. But how did you play it, Cole? That was that was very different. Did you play this on your iPhone too? Oh no, I didn't. I don't. I've never had an iPhone because iPhones are terrible. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I played it with VR. Oh, oh! Yeah, that's very different. I I managed to. My friend, uh, my friend got it, or my friend Tom got it on the uh, week it came out, and he'd already had the uh, PlayStation VR for some fucking reason. I think it was so he could watch porn in the living room when other people were over and no one would know. Uh, but <laughs> but um, no, so we uh, I went over to his place and there were I think five of us and we took turns playing that on VR and it was it was damn fun. I think the or. Er, so I think beforehand, someone got spoiled and found out there was a good and bad ending, so we knew what to do to get the good ending. Um, but I very distinctly remember during the uh, the first part where as soon as we figured out that there were mannequins, I got thrown into the hot seat of having to play. <laughs> and I remember the first boss fight just staring at the ground, figuring out where the fucking mannequins were, and just having my back to them constantly, and using the joysticks that it came with, aiming at the first boss's feet, just firing. <laughs> I didn't have to see the mannequins. And it just... It's really mean to thrust that on you. I mean, yes, but at the same time, I'd have done the same. Because we made yeah. the dude who was there's a history of just making people face do the things they don't want to do. So any level, like on a video game, when there's like a group playthrough, if there's spiders, we make someone go, or the person who's absolutely terrified of spiders play the level. That is so... It's a group exposure thing. Which is a shame. Which is a shame, because that was a really cool fight. Like, the cha- like if it's four years old, I think I can spoil this. The guy has chainsaw scissors. And you're oh, fighting him. Not... Fights, uh, and you're fighting him with a chainsaw. That's very that's evil the fight. Yeah. That is not the fight. The first fight is in like an abandoned cabin. That's not a, actually at the Baker House. Oh really? Yeah. The first. What am I thinking fought, of? The first, or you're thinking of the fight against the Jack. Jerk the Baker. Yeah, Jack. That that fight was fun. Um, the fight I'm talking about is when you're fighting Mia in like the house. Oh the yeah, like the. The, the prologue fight. Yeah. If there yeah, was a yeah. game I was going to play on VR, that would definitely be it. Um, second to Alien Isolation, for sure. Yeah. 
Well, you know what? That one looks terrifying in VR. I'm now just considering this. I'm just going to go ahead and look up how much the VR headset for PlayStation 4 is nowadays because I've been making about... It's like 300 bucks. Still? 300, 400. Uh, Yeah, that market. If anything, it's probably gone up. The video game market has risen. I mean, just to find a freaking Pokemon game right now, an authentic one, not a reproduction, you're looking at $100 plus. It's it's bad. Emerald is like $200. I'm, stuff is up. I have seen... I uh, Re- emulate. <laughs> yeah, I've seen Resident Evil 7, so I, I, was like, I, I definitely like the shift to first person because uh, it means you can do more things in the background a lot closer to the player and they won't be able to immediately know what's going on. Yeah, it's yeah. still still about four hundred bucks. You're back in a um, a more enclosed environment. They were definitely going back to the mansion kind of vibe. Oh yeah, especially with, like with the with the main house, and then you know, they managed to keep that when you left the house too, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, because it's a whole kind of estate sort of thing. You know, you get the main house, and then you have like a, I, I think it's a guest house. Yeah, like a boathouse, guest house, a couple of places. So yeah, what the boat have you um, personally uh, seen of the game? Have you watched like a full walkthrough, Cody? I've seen the whole playthrough of Resident Evil 7, and I've seen a couple of speed runs of it too. So oh, okay. okay. I know something in the game. And I know that, like, and it's been four years, I know that Chris Redfield comes in on like a helicopter, just like throws Ethan like this completely stupidly powerful uh, magnum i think it is for you to finish off uh, the final boss i think yeah. it's the samurai edge if i'm not mistaken cole uh the maybe famous Beretta pistol i don't think you're actually throwing the samurai edge i think you're throwing the lightning knock oh, okay whatever the case if it's what's that cody <laughs> It was the the Samurai's Edge, and he got nerfed in eight. <laughs> I mean, it it wasn't in eight. Yes, it's Resident the uh, the Samurai Edge is a gun you can get off a dink. No, it isn't. It is. I don't think it is. It is. I've seen uh, two playthroughs, and they, both of them got it. One of them sold it because it just wasn't that good. Unless that's like a. Like a pre-order bonus, because I, it wasn't in there for me. It was a pre-order bonus. Cole's like, oh. I'm going to go through and play that's again. The, I'm going to uh, find this out. That's the Trauma Pack DLC for Resident, or Resident Evil Village. Uh, so it's then, a DLC. Have you guys, uh, have you guys gotten the lightsaber yet, Nate? Oh no! I've heard about that? <laughs> Fuck that! <laughs> You don't get it in the story. It's an, if you get like perfects on like the challenge missions and eight, you come. No, it's you get in the um. So in you, the do- you you get it through mercenaries, but mercenaries is a piece of shit. Mercenaries is terrible in that there's. So the way you get it is you need to get a double S ranking in all mercenary missions, and the problem with that is is that. The moment you hit the second stages, like the moment you hit Village 2 and all that stuff, 
you are left solely with the starting pistol. You can buy a Magnum and you can buy a grenade launcher. And unless you do things like perfectly, you ain't getting that double S. But the shame because the lightsaber is so good. I mean, yeah, the lightsaber is good. And that's that like the S rank or the S ranks on the mercenary missions are the is the only achievement I'm missing on RE8. But it's also just the mercenary missions are so fucking jank, especially factory that I've just decided, fuck it. I'm not, if I get it, I get it. I'm not concerned with it. As far as I'm concerned, I beat the game. I did everything else. I'm not concerned with that because this is just poorly designed in my opinion. It really sucks because the mercenaries from four were a highlight. They were a lot of fun. No mercenaries from four is fantastic. Mercenaries in eight isn't. It's like, very strict from what you tell me. Yeah, no, it is. It's to get the triple S ranking, you need to do everything perfect. That's fine. Cool. But when you hit the second villages, like, I think, what was it? I had to, like, I, I got the hang of it and I know what I need to do now. But at the same time, I think, what was it? I went to do fact. The first time I went to go do factory, and the last time I actually played RE8, I went to do factory two. I walked in, got through the first two mobs, easy as cake. Just went through thirty minute or less than thirty seconds, going down, heading down to the door, and just a fucking lichen runs right past me, and I go, "Oh, okay. Well, that enemy's somewhere." And then through the door he's in. There's two archers. One pecks me in the face takes away most of my health, so I go to back off, and I'm like, okay, there's still the one that ran right past me. Let's go ahead and turn around. I don't see it. I'm looking around for it, and it just comes from, like, the right side of my screen and smacks me in the face, and I'm dead. Within 45 seconds of starting the mercenary match. So to make and things just, kind of clear, how, um, let's explain how the, the mercenaries works. What do you have to do? What are the, the um, constraints? So mercenaries is a timed mission mode i guess is the best way to say it you but have to is it like the X call of duty like that uh oh that thing with the airplane and the one where no. you had the time thing it's not anything like those no okay. so the best way to describe it is you have x amount of enemy or you have x or you have a certain amount of enemies in like an area okay each of the missions has like between two to five areas and to move to the next area, you have to kill X amount of enemies. Horde mode? Well, you're, you're right, Donovan, in that it is a challenge mode. It, so, yes, it is a challenge mode. It's just, it, it's not like Mile High Club. Okay. It's, is it more you like are Horde mode? Like in more or less. Reach? More. Halo Reach? Yeah, so I guess probably the best way to think of it is that, yeah. Okay. And that you are in an enclosed area... You have to get from each area to air, or you have to get from area to area. Okay. And there are a set amount of enemies in each area. Okay. So in the first area, I think village, the first area has thirty enemies in it. You only need to kill, or you only need to kill twelve, I think, to move on to the second area. <clears throat> so but while you're so specific what? number of enemies, but task maybe like left for dead kind of yeah you only need to do 
you only need to do X objective to move on to the next area. Okay. So it's kind of um, Left for Dead, but whereas Left for Dead, it's infinite enemies. This, this is, is a set specific. amount of enemies, and okay. you're, you're, you're much closer with Horde Mode and Halo Reach. Okay. It's like Horde um, Mode meets Time Trial type thing. Yeah. So there is also a time limit for how long you can be in this area, or do this. Okay, so, die, so Horde Mode meets Mile High Club meets Left for Dead is what it sounds like. That's a hard Maybe? I don't know. I, I'm just saying it's like Horde Mode, but you have to beat Horde Mode within three minutes. Yes, Mile High Club is it's a time thing. That's where I'm getting at. Horde Mode from Halo, there was literally a set number of enemies for each wave. And then the Left 4 Dead, where it's that task challenge, where you have to... Where, where essentially it's an ever-evolving... Like mission type thing. Okay, I, I I get where you're coming from. That now, yeah. Okay. Uh, and in your analogy and for your head, yes. Okay. The, um, I I I I have a weird putting things together. I'm not normal. That's fine. <laughs> but um, before this, you can go and you enter the merchant for the game, and you can go and head and sell weapons, buy stuff. Change your equipment around for a set for the amount of money that you have. Okay. You can upgrade weapons. You can sell them off. You can buy something different. Yada yada. It's great that they brought back a, a merchant dynamic. I yeah, I, I, I like that. And I like the fact that you quotes the merchant from four. I thought that was really fun. Yeah, that was a nice Easter egg. It was. Um, I, I like that. Side note: I like the merchant. I do not like the inventory system. <sighs> Uh, I'll put a put a hand, put a bookmark in that really quickly. Uh, but so for the mercenaries, it's you have to get through this area within the time limit. To increase the time limit, there's mod, there's like things you can collect in each area that increases the time limit. Right. There's also modifiers and buffs you can get. Okay. That'll like make it so your weapons do twice as much damage, or you move faster, or enemies move slower, or you have better ha more health, or take less damage, and stuff like that. Right. Man, and the problem with... Almost like that, oh, cheerleader bubblegum chainsaw zombie thing. No. <laughs> it is not... Cole was just very final about that. It is, <laughs> the game it is nothing like Lollipop Chainsaw. Okay, that's what it was called. I'm glad that you knew where my head was thinking. Okay. Yes, it is nothing like Lollipop Chainsaw. Okay, in that's the good. Okay, that's good. Uh, <laughs> be better if it were. <laughs> but, <laughs> Fair. But, um... No, it's... And the first four levels are good. They do it well. They balance it well. It's good. It's what... Oh, I'm not thinking fucking lollipop chainsaw. I'm thinking, um... Oh, the the, pho the photograph uh, game from Xbox. Oh, no. He's thinking of the zombie one, right? Yeah, yeah. You were in the mall? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dead Rising. It, yeah, Dead like, Rising. what was Dead it? Rising. The second or third one's DLC, they had, like, a modifier thing where you cleared through levels like that yeah yeah um, but um 
That's what first I was four, thinking of. First four levels do as well, where it's got like an actual you know progression system. The ranks are from C to triple S. Uh, that's that's a whole nother can of worms that I'm going to ask off of the podcast about. I I don't understand how there's a rank above A, but that's yeah, just that, that, my that, that, stupid that American brain problem. A lot. Uh, Trauma Center did that with S rank. Well, yeah. the, anyway. again, that's something else. That's sort of different. Conti- so so triple S highest rank. Yeah, and to get the triple S, you basically have to. Perfect it. Because there's a, uh, as you kill enemies, you can get bonuses and increase it. Or it's also got like a score keeper. Uh huh. Your score determines your rank. Right. Now, this, what determines the score is enemies killed, money that you gain from, or that the enemies drop, and the amount of time it takes you to complete each area. Okay. Killing enemies gives you more time, yada yada. They increase the multiplier so that, that or they basically add to a multiplier that increases the amount of points you get for each kill. In the first four levels, really awful, similar to that Dead Rising thing. Yeah, it 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 kind of is. Okay. Um, it's probably the best example for it for you. Okay. But um, as you continue through the first four levels to get the triple S, you basically got to perfect everything. You have to keep that maximum combo going the entire way through the level, and it's actually done fairly well. The problem is, is that when you get to the last four, you're given only the starting pistol. You can only buy a Magnum, which you can't buy ammo for, and you don't get any ammo for, and a grenade launcher. And you have to do the same with enemies that can easily tank or take multiple shots from the starting pistol. The only way to take someone down with the Magnum is to get a headshot, and the grenade launcher is... Only good if you have a good chunk of enemies in the same area, or you're fighting the f- boss in the last area. It's it goes from well balanced and well done to oh okay, this just isn't that well done really quickly. Sounds and becomes like very they're, constrictive. They're trying to promote uh, people to use aimbot. Not even aimbot. It's just. You need to get lucky Jeez. because the upgrades are randomized. You need to have... Oh, so you have to have one RNG on your side. Yes, RNG needs to be on your side. You need to know exactly what you're doing, and you need to hit every beat needed. Oh, so in other words, it sounds like uh, sounds like you need one of those uh, TASs, I think is what it is. Uh, yeah. yeah. Speedrunners have. Or you just cheese them. I've watched like several. He's like, yeah, the mission, the mercenary stuff was hard, unless you know how to cheese him. I was like, okay. Yeah, it's that. Or, yeah, it's pretty much just look up guides to get it, and then you're still and, gonna take and a while. Get good, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> get good, scrub. It? Yeah, so yeah. something that I would never have because I don't get good. <laughs> yeah. But just going back to that bookmark, my complaint. Uh, another bring over from RE4 to RE8 is the attache cases. The problem with the... inventory. Yeah, the problem with the inventory is it's too lenient and too generous. And I... I, I'm just gonna go ahead and just actually look back at the text I sent Luke, because I basically went over what I had by the end of the game. 
of my first playthrough and still had more than enough room. I think, what was it? It was, what did I say? I had a pistol, a knife, a shotgun, a sniper rifle, a grenade launcher, a magnum, at least 30 rounds of ammo for each with 200 rounds of ammo for the pistol, three, mac or three healing items, 10 pipe bombs, five landmines, and still a quarter of the inventory left. Yeah. So I, by the end of the game, I was walking around with like a platoon's worth of ammunition and weapons, and I was just going, "I, you know, I could still carry some more." I think what make would make it infinitely better, and this is gonna be a bit controversial, is if the treasures took up inventory slots. So I don't want to. It's fine if the treasures don't take up inventory slots. The thing that they need to do is they need to decrease the amount of inventory each one gives you. Because you don't you, you never had to worry about inventory in RE4 until you or you had to worry about inventory in RE4 up until you got like the extra extra large attache case, I think. Yeah. And that wasn't either until like the very end of the game or new game plus, right? Uh, no, you you got the extra large case towards the end, uh, before the island, I think. Yeah. But um, yeah, it wasn't ever a new game plus situation. Yeah, you didn't have to worry about inventory until then. They need to make it so that when you actually upgrade the weapons, they take up more space. Yeah, that's a better that's a better idea because. That got taken out, and I mean the. I mean, so by the end of RE4, you could have a handgun, a sniper rifle, a shotgun, a magnum, and the or and a rocket launcher all in your inventory with ammo for it all. But you'd still be looking at it going, you know, I still need to make room for stuff, and I still need to organize this properly instead of where RE8 was. Where by the end of the game, I could just pick things up and just be like. I'm just not going to organize it. Well, did they change how things stacked in 8? Like, do health items stack? I know ammo does to an extent, like it no. used to. Could they, could they have been making it easier for new people to the franchise? That's my guess. Probably. That's what I, I think I texted you, Cole. Yeah, so they... I think that's probably what it was, but I think that's a. I I I feel that's a drawback, like to not have to worry about inventory management. Yeah, I, that, I don't that, know. that's a major for a survival horror game. That is a major drawback. If by if I don't have to worry about inventory management throughout the entire game, because there was never a point where I looked at it and went, I need an item. I know I will need it, but I don't have the inventory space for it, so I'll come back and get it later and hope that I don't actually need it and I'm wrong about this. See, uh, It's something that takes away from survival horror. Like That was a thing in RE4 where at the beginning I had to prioritize what I wanted to take. There were times where I had to get rid of things because I didn't have room for it. In this one, it's, oh, okay, it's right there. I still got inventory space. Put in my backpack. Continue on my way. Time to shoot some werewolves. Okay. And I, it was just... It, it wasn't what it needed to be. And unfortunately, it's a drawback. And it 
It's better than five. So I'm going to say it's but a it's drawback. Heading down the road, five has. I'm going to say it's probably a drawback for major people that are really into this into the series and all that. Me though, as a newcomer going into it, and if this was the first time I'd be playing a Resident Evil game, I don't see that so much um, as a casual gamer standpoint. I understand with a survival horror that that's what you would want, but someone coming into a thing that knows doesn't know what items are what that is, and all sorts of other things going on. The last thing I want to have to worry about is my inventory on top of that. So at that point, I'd actually say that if you don't want the survival horror experience, and unfortunately inventory management is survival horror, it is one of the consistent and constant staples. Right. I, I'm survival not going to disagree. Or, uh, well, let, me, let me go ahead and just finish. Then Survival horror probably isn't a genre of game for you. Right. Like, uh, that, that, that's just an unfortunate thing. It's just, this is a staple of survival horror, and it's what makes good survival horror, is I need these items. These items are essential to the gameplay, but I can only have a, a limited amount of it. And if my inventory is so forgiving that I am never in need of worrying about whether or not I can actually hold them, that, that's unfortunate, because it's, it is a situation where... You need to be in a situation for survival or survival horror where you feel that you never have enough ammo, but you have too much ammo because right. you have nothing. You, you don't have enough for like healing items or key items or upgrades or just stat boosters or stat debuffers or something like that. You you are in a constant thing of just juggling your inventory. Right. And no. making sure that that's like a key thing of it. And if it's a situation where for people to join this genre, we have to take away one of the key staples of that genre, then that genre probably isn't for those people. Right. No, I, I again, I'm not disagreeing with you one bit. If I were to go like personally, if I were to go in the game, not playing, I understand that. And that, you know, makes that game difficult. As though I am looking at it from the publisher, they're trying to reach more people. That's why they implemented that. They're trying to get the game out there more so people will play the story and get into it and sell more copies. That's literally what it is. I, I, I understand that, but from the consumer point, the people who, like the person who, like from the people, from like a person who has played many Resident Evils, who is a fan of the series and wants to continue to be a fan of the series, all RE8 has made me do is believe that it is going to follow the same line that RE5 and RE6 did. And we're just going to end right back at RE6 where we need RE7 again to save us. <laughs> to be fair, I think that at least to your issues with the inventory system, um, there are a big step up from even seven, which imitated five and six in a way. Um, no, it, it is better. It is a better single slots for these items. Um, they were meant to be navigated easily with like 
a D-pad on a controller. I mean, this is back to it's in a case, it's in a physical space that you have to manage. No, no, I, I, I agree. It, it is a step up from seven and it is a step up from six and five. Um, because at least you can't put a vest inside the vest when you're wearing the vest <laughs> putting inside the vest. <laughs> but I forgot about that. <laughs> but um, it, it's still the same thing of just the steps that are taking, the bits that are being sacrificed in the name of, including more, makes it less of what it was. Like uh, seven became. Seven was as successful as it was and as highly praised as it was because it was a return to form. Like so, it and then Resident Evil or the remake of Resident Evil 2 were exactly what they needed to be and exactly what it should have stayed with. That was from Resident Evil 7 to the remake of RE2 was perfect. It was going right back to where it needed to be, where it left off with RE4. I think RE3 was a misstep and a mistake. They shouldn't have remade it the way they did. Mastermind was fun, but a mess. And RE8 is good for the first third, but misses the mark the rest of the way. Is it still a good game? Yeah, it's still a damn good game. I still enjoyed it. I put a lot of hours into it. I eventually plan on get or completing the mercenaries to get the lightsaber, but at the same time, it's it's a concern that it's making too many sacrifices and too many leniencies that's going to end up leading directly back to RE6. Here's a question for you. Um, how's this going to affect the remake of Resident Evil 4? I don't think they will. So I I hope they do. I would like a remake of RE4. I think they need to stick with RE2, though. I I think it needs to be basically the same system set up as RE2. I think... I, I honestly think that is the only way to do it properly um, is to just include the I hate to say it, but make Ashley just as clunky and unwieldy and make me hate her just as much as I did in RE4 with the remake because that's, there's no other way you're going to get that to work properly. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe. So let me ask this about this inventory thing. Yeah. Um, from the way I'm hearing it, you're a very diehard fan of the series. I I wouldn't say that. No. No. Okay. No. I. Well, I mean, I out of everyone here, back. though, you're more so. Uh, possibly, with the exception of Luke. I wouldn't call myself a, a diehard. I'm willing to criticize. No, no. I, I, I am right there with you. Okay. I, there are plenty of flaws throughout that. Okay. okay, so maybe I'm bad, bad wording there, but do you think this inventory thing 
Is there going to be more user loss if they continue it for someone with your thinking, Cole? Ver versus the potential gain because of it that would come into the series? I think if there is any player loss, it is going to be the... I, I, no, I don't think inventory is going to cause player loss. That That is a minor nitpick. Okay. I think that's just getting... I, I think they're... I think that's a symptom of other things that's going on in the game that will lead to player loss. Uh, when I say it's going towards RE6 again, the main things that's going on with that are the last... I guess two and a half hours of like a, a decent playthrough of it. Like even with exploring, like the, I beat the game within nine hours. Um, that was just first time. So I guess two and a half, three and a half hours of the game. Like the moment you enter or you, you finish Moreau's area, I think everything beyond that is going or is a case of, it's heading back towards RE6. And I think that's going to cause more player drop-off than anything else. Is because RE6 was just... It was just bad. Like, there's no way to put it otherwise. It was just a bad game. So is, and you is had it to getting, make your fun to have fun with it. Is the game getting easier because you're you're not hurting for resources? I think part of it is yes. Okay. Now, so, would I someone mean, like me that came in, would I potentially have the same kind of inventory that you would that doesn't know about certain secrets and stuff to the game like that? Would I maybe be worse off than you? Uh, Yeah, more than likely you would, actually. And a good example of that is my roommate, Eric, who is a bigger fan than me of Resident Evil. Uh, and here's a tip and trick, people, for people who haven't played it. When you go to upgrade your weapons, you have an upgrade that's for, your or for how much ammo the weapons can hold. And the tip and trick I have for you is do not upgrade that unless your gun has, like, one or two bullets in it. Oh, they kept that? Because when you upgrade that ammo, you get, or it upgrades your maximum ammo that can behold. So, like, let's say you're at 10 and you have one bullet in there. The next upgrade makes your maximum capacity 15. You gain 14 bullets. Doesn't take any of your inventory or any of the bullets you have in your inventory or anything like that. It just automatically and freely, freely gives that to you. Now, that, that is a trick that you can use to just keep in maintain am or maintain an increased ammo but as a casual but player like me I, I i wouldn't know that you would have to notice it happening in the game for you to be able to figure that out that's something that's been around since four i can't believe they didn't change that no i'm that that's a good thing that carried over oh yeah was for it? sure I wasn't going to say it because that's a good tip and trick, and that's actually something that I kind of want people to know, but there's the tip. 
Um, well, here's my here's a question that kind of adds to that. Uh, Cole, do you think that the higher difficulty creates more scarcity? Maybe the game can satisfy newcomers such as Donovan, but also longtime players like yourself. Does the difficulty have any bearing no. on the scarcity of ammo? Anything? No. Oh. To my understanding, it um, turns into bullet sponges. Yeah, they just turn into bullet sponges. That's it. And even then, like again, even using that trick, Luke, the 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 problem with it again is is that along with that, with the merchant, you can buy ammo from the merchant. Ah, uh, yes. Which was uh, for reference for anybody um, that was so not that, you could do in an RE four in the original. I don't think they let you do that. I think you could do it in five. With, I think you could do certain ammunition in uh, five. For the grenade launcher, but apart from that, uh, you had to pick it up from enemies. And it would spawn based on the weapons that you had, yes. roughly. So there's that. There's Throughout the world, there's ammo placement that's already predetermined and stuff like that. That part's fine. But along with being able, or with that tip and trick, which... You know what? In all honesty, you don't need. Because again, you can spend money at the merchant to buy ammo, and throughout the game, you get crafting material to make ammo. If you are doing this right, and actually, you know, even personal opinion, if you are doing this even decently correct, you will never be shy of ammo. Like, Honest truth is I didn't buy ammo from the merchant. At times I sold ammo. And by the end of the game, along with the massive chunk of inventory and all the weapons I had and still having plenty of room, I had most of the guns upgraded to max. Where they were at their peak potential. Like it's... It... I, I don't like it's definitely meant to be more accessible. Yeah, it is definitely meant to be more accessible. And like there there's just the inventory space is only one small part of it. And I I think that based on the feel of the game, it's heading more towards action orientation again. And that's a mistake. It's they, it, they, they they need to stick the, the good Resident Evil games, the ones that are actually good and a good representation of what the series has to offer are survival horror. They, they don't lean into the action and going up and fighting one of the bosses with a cannon, a chainsaw, and a Gatling gun and a fucking mobile tank is not a good sign for survival <laughs> horror. <laughs> so, like that. so what you're saying is, is, is Resident Evil 8 right now it is they've kind of went the, the Pokemon sword and shield route. Where... Yeah, they just took pages from Digimon and decided to claim it as their own. How do you how do you mean that, Donovan? So, uh, with the Pokemon Sword and Shield, a lot of longtime Pokemon fans of that of the genre and that they felt that Sword and Shield was too dumbed down and way too easy. 
and they did it to make it way more accessible to newer generation of people coming into the gaming. Uh, Example, my seven-year-old son. So I don't... I don't have a problem with accessibility. I'm just going to go ahead and get that out there. I, I don't have a problem with allowing anyone to do or to go try and do whatever they want. The problem I have is when you're like, I guess the, the problem I have is just, you are changing it to make it dumbed down at the expense of the fans that have kept you up to the point that you're at. It, it's when you forget the people that actually brought you to where you are so that you can get a wider art audience that I have a problem with. Is it and too I feel, much, though? So, RE8 is not too much. But I'm... It, it, it definitely feels like it's starting to... Like, it, it's looking at that line going, I kind of want to jump it again. I kind of... I kind of want to jump it again. I'm really... So, yeah, I'm so really you're saying that they're... Aspect of zombie T-Rex fight again. So, yeah, you're, you're saying... It, it it hasn't gone too far yet. You're just worried of it crossing that that finish line and going too far. Yeah, it's it, it, right it there. It's like teetering it's, that line like it's it's about to do it. Yeah, and you're I, worried. Yeah, I, I am worried that it is going to do that. I think it's all honesty. I think if you are going to play Resident <sighs> Evil games, this is. I, I actually I can't even say it's a good starting point because it's not because you need to know seven. Um, I would yeah, say, really. yeah, no, you, you need to know seven to play it. So I can't even say it's a good starting point. Yeah. Uh, well, it's a Resident Evil game. <laughs> if there's one takeaway from tonight. It's that it is a game in the Resident Evil series. So uh, I feel like it, I feel like you're saying it's good. It's not great. It's no, good, it, but it's not great. Yeah, you seem to I, to really enjoy it. Is it maybe maybe we're being a little too hardcore about it? I mean, it's a real fear. I I agree with you 100 percent that it could. Go down the path of you know. You're saying it's like a six or a seven. It's good. Yeah, that, that's what I say. It is too a six or a, a six or seven. I would yeah. say it, it's probably a seven. I it is an above average game. With with five being average, it is an above average game. But it's teetering that line, and, and essentially, it's just a call out. Look. Oh, look. For you know the fans that have brought you here, the you're at the line. No more. You're making us a bit concerned. Let's uh, let's let's, let's uh... turn it back a little bit and let's get back to to where it was. Uh, here's an interesting question. Uh, in your playthroughs of seven, how many times did you run out of ammo compared to eight? Oh, immensely more. That's good because um, there was no merchant in seven. You had to craft all your ammo. Yeah, I mean, so I think I like the merchant. I I love the merchant. Merchant is a good bring back. 
Same. I like him too. Don't let it. Don't make it so you can buy ammo from him. Crafting materials, probably. Crafting material is fine. Don't buy ammo. The buying of ammo is bad. That is a bad sign. And it also lets him be a bit more versatile, too, because then you could, like, for example, you can make landmines in the game. You can make pipe bombs, you know, just yeah. some necessities. I, I'm fine with the crafting. I don't like buying the... I don't like that you can buy ammo. The crafting recipes, yeah, I'm fine with that. I, I enjoy the fact that there are some crafting recipes you can't get unless you do certain things. That's good. I like it. So I bit, don't like buying ammo. I'm a bit on the fence about the fact that Ethan had to buy the recipe for shotgun ammo when he was crafting shotgun ammo back in 7. Now, question. Yeah. In, yeah, in Resident Evil 7, you had a shotgun, a flamethrower, a pistol, a grenade launcher. You could craft ammo for all of them. But in Resident Evil 8, you had to buy the crafting recipes for everything but the pistol. Yep. Oh, I see. Now, a question on the merchant with the ammunition. Yes. You say no buying ammo. Would yes. it be okay to buy ammo, but it be a limited resource as well? Like, say, throughout the whole entire game, he only has, like, say, 100 pistol rounds. So, you know... I, You know what? I actually think that would actually help with it. I think if you are doing that, you need to... So, I, I, again, the problem that I had with it is, I guess I should rephrase this. With, when I had the ammo with, like, the list of ammo that I had, I didn't buy ammo. I didn't really have to craft ammo. I could, I, there was a point where I could make, a, like, 300 extra rounds of pistol ammunition while I still had over 100 rounds of pistol ammunition. Like, it... It's if you're doing that, you need to put a cap on some other things. Like I think you need, like you can do X amount of things so many times, or not even that. Just if you are going to craft ammunition or anything like that, you need to be at like a station. And I think yeah, that's fair. I'm actually going to steal it from uh, our Dead Space. You need to have like a crafting station. Oh man, I don't know. Leaning heavily into crafting is very. 2010s. Well, you know, that, that's still the thing going on now, is that most games I mean, have some form of crafting, and it's kind you know, of annoying. Know. It is, it is but, but what I think... About, uh, I'm sorry, finish your, your thought. I, I think that if you... I, I'm fine, keep the crafting, but if you're going to make it so you can buy ammunition, you need to have, like, a crafting station. Where you can't craft any item unless you are at that crafting station. I think it needs to be, like... And they actually have the perfect room, because usually if there is a vendor, they have a safe spot right there. Just put the crafting station right there. And I think that's probably the better way to do it, is just set it up that way, and you are good. Because otherwise, yeah. it's... I can just hoard this until I get to a boss fight and just go... And typically for the average player that, you know, that... Like, from what I've seen... Uh, you, that's also like when you're at the merchants when you're going to be crafting up your materials as well because you're checking on your funds like what can I buy what can I upgrade I might want to save it for this upgrade so I'm going to spend some resources here to get some ammunition and maybe some crafting elsewhere to just keep yourself topped up a little bit 
Well, yeah, you could so, also craft something to sell. Man, I need, you know, an extra 10 credits to get this up. Yeah, actually, yeah. that's the thing in the game, is that yeah. there are these items, these treasures that you can get, that you can sell them, but if you hold on, like, it even says on their descriptions that they're craftables, you can combine it with another item that you get somewhere else, and it becomes, like, immensely more valuable. Yeah, yeah they, they added that back, and you can miss, a, and it's easy to miss some of those uh, combinables. And again, that's a good thing that's brought over from 4. But again, at the same time, it's just with all the things that they brought over, they brought over just the, they brought over what they needed to, but then they expanded upon them when they didn't need to. So, so yeah, so so in other words, the letter is is hey, make a crafting station where you have to craft stuff, and the merchant let let them sell ammo, but let's put a cap to how much ammo he can sell. Yeah, and they have they actually have that because um they they partially have that actually because there's a set amount or even if it isn't just that you can't buy the set amount. They already have a system in place where if you buy healing items, the healing items go up in price every time you buy one. Set it up for that where like the ammo goes up in price or something similar. Either it's a limited amount of ammo or the ammo goes up in price. Why not both? Do both. Make the ammo yeah, limited number and make it an increasing purchase because, you know, it's a limited stock, you know, supply and demand. Yeah, no, you could do both. I don't know how well that would work, but it's one or the other. Or if you really want to just be a bit hard, or don't no, say that for the hardcore. Yeah, just do it for both for hardcore. Yeah. But I'm, I'm saying like normal run throughs, just one or the other. You need to. Like, ammo needs to be a scarcity. Like, resources need to be a scarcity for a good survival horror. And again, it, it's a good game. It just, it could be better with things that they've done in the past and that they know how to do. And, and for people like you, they'll make it so that everything is in the level and you don't need to buy anything. But for, say, a casual person that isn't into it, at least having that option there for the vendor in that, Still gives that scarcity element, yeah, and all that, but uh, just helps you get in the mindset of I want to start grounding around more. Yep, yeah, I, I, I think that would be a good compromise than yeah. what it currently is from what you're saying. No, it, yeah, there, there's way too much forgiveness with with what they currently have. So. All right. Any any final thoughts? We should probably be wrapping it up. Yeah, we've gone for about a couple of hours, hours now. Uh, we're at one hour fifty eight minutes right now. Yeah, so about two hours. Yep. Which is which is a good stopping point. In all honesty, there was a bit more we could have talked about. I definitely had one in my mind, but you know, I think that could be saved for another time. Maybe as like a quickie at some point. Okay. Uh, no, I got really nothing else. Luke, you. Oh, I thought that was great in-depth uh, discussion. Hopefully I'll be able to, to play 8 sometime soon and contribute more next time. Uh, yeah, there'll probably be a time where oh, I can bring it over. Not that we're doing another episode on it, just that you know I right. can actually talk to Any, you more about it. Anything is possible. I mean, we'll more than likely revisit You know, if any new game ever gets announced or anything like that. We're well, going to you know try what? to be a little more on top of things. And also, things are going to be different. Classics not around. We're going to get off the rails more people. I am, I am chaos. Oh, I am wild card. 
So I will say, just on this topic, the first episode of Resident Evil Infinite Darkness drops on July 8th. All right. I do have a little bit more to say about Resident Evil 8, but that can wait until until we do another Resident Evil video. Yeah. So I say in the meantime, we got a couple months of time. If we want to do another episode, we do it at the end of Infinite Darkness, because that's their TV series thing for going on Netflix. Uh, we talk about that, and we watch the CG movies, and we give an opinions on that. And then we can get the Resident Evil 8 thing. And hopefully by then, Luke will have played RE8, because I might just come over at some point and just drag my PlayStation 4 over and just say, fucking play it. <laughs> sure. Or the other thing is, is, you know, if we do end up doing that, what you were talking about, and none of us get to end up watching everything like you have watched, we could sit here and learn and hear you describe about and ask questions like I did with all this game stuff, because I was an idiot. Yeah, you know, it's, it's also fun to learn from other people, right? you know? Yeah. You know what? Here's also another suggestion. Instead of us coming up with shit, what do you guys want us to talk about? Um, th- th- that, that means they would have All to go to the, the Geeked Out Twitter, and that would involve classic, you know, having to check that and get back to us. Because I really don't do the Twitter Oh, me neither. <laughs> Unfortunately, even though even though classic like talked me into reinvigorating my Twitter, it's it's oh, I, no, just no. Could could we just hijack it and take it from him? <laughs> I mean, if you know if you know his information, then we could. But again, I uh, who's gonna run the Twitter account if not him? One, two, three, not it. Not it. I don't know. I refuse. I don't care. I don't like Twitter. Yeah, you got a point there. I don't want to run that shit. So there you go. Well, you can try to do it, and we'll we'll try. We can't make any guarantees. Um, but we have some stuff that we are trying to line up, and we got E three coming around the corner, and some stuff coming out before then with new announcements and we're gonna we're gonna try to be up on it a little bit more so in the meantime yeah. it was a pleasure i'm donovan oh fuck wait we can't miss this uh geeked out podcast at spotify other places that have podcasts check out our twitter and our facebook and we have a facebook the other things I thought we did. Did we not? No, I, I only know the Twitter and, anyway, and Anchor look up and our Spotify. OnlyFans account and our Pornhub account, as well as <laughs> our, our subreddit, which I'm making uh, three weeks ago. Uh, we have a movie coming out starring uh, <laughs> Benicio Del Toro. Uh, have a nice time, everyone. None of most of ninety <laughs> percent of that is not true, folks. Anyways, I'm Donovan. You had Cody. You had Cole. You had Luke. It was a pleasure. Everyone, enjoy your time.